How are we doing, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Fitter Food Radio. And, and of course, it's me and the good old Keris. All right. Although she's not old. Well, she's older than me. Everyone says I look older than her, which is quite frustrating. For you. Though, for you. <laughs> for me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> even though uh, you've got five years on me. Yeah, five years? We told everyone that you're going to do some stand up comedy. Are you thinking about doing it? Okay, okay. Well, we'll start with this then. Yeah. Okay, this kind of ties in with the fitter food lifestyle and principles, if you like, because we're always urging people to do things that scare them somewhat, step out of their comfort zone. And something I've kind of always wanted to have a stab at was stand-up comedy. And not because I think I'm hilarious. Well, actually, I do think I'm hilarious, to be honest. You are. Um, But more so because I always watch comedians and think, wow, like, fair play to them. You know, like, there's so much pressure to kind of stand up there in front of a huge audience like some of them do and actually make them laugh you know that is their one job isn't it it's to make them laugh mm. and it's almost we always say when people are trying to be funny they tend not to be funny yeah a comedian's <laughs> job you know they are trying to be funny but also humor is really subjective like what what people find funny differs you know so across so many yeah. individuals so it's a massive task to try and make a load of people laugh i know that's stating the obvious but well, exactly. I just thought I'd state the obvious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought you'd state the obvious. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I've kind of put it out there that um, I was going to do some stand-up comedy, and it was actually all happening, wasn't it? And then we, um, I even had a set booked, albeit very, very late notice. I put it out there I was going to do a stand-up comedy set, and one of the uh, venues I contacted came back and were like, uh, "Yeah, we got a slot that's come up next week." And I was like, "Sod it! Now it's now or never." And I, I was like, "I'm going to go for it." But I had just no time to prep at all, did I? No. Um, it's like, like we just got back from Dubai, um, doing the presentation out there. Uh, obviously, everything that was going on with the book, and I was just like, "Wow!" Um, I mean, I, I'm nervous enough as it is let alone knowing that I'm going into it with no preparation. I'll be even more <laughs> nervous. So I've postponed it, but it will happen. It will happen. I will very much be stepping out of my comfort zone for sure. How did we get onto this subject? I can't remember. How bizarre. <laughs> I think I was saying about How mo- weird. moving on. <laughs> moving swiftly yeah. on. Um, so guys, yeah, uh, we're going to go for another Q&A episode because we have had some really cool questions come in from you guys. Thank you so much for that because uh, it does help when you do actually email questions in. But should we get into it, Keris? Have yeah. you got anything you'd like to add? Anything exciting going on in your life that you want to share with our listeners? <laughs> the only um, useful thing I'd like to share is I have an ongoing hip injury that I'm struggling with at the moment and we get loads of emails about injuries. What I've been doing is basically um, rather than just, I know loads of supplements that can help with injuries. I know about nutritional approaches and I've done all of that. But this particular injury, I know for a fact is something structural is going on. And it's um, same with nutrition where we say, well, let's go and look at the root cause of your symptoms. I'm doing nutritional therapy. So in myself, I've been trying to say, why do you have this hip injury that I've had since May now? So it's been, um, and basically every time I try and run, it returns. So if I don't run, it can go away, which I know to most people, they're like, well, just like my dad, my dad is like, stop running then. But I really enjoy running. And I sort of think even if I didn't run, the human body should be able to run without pain. So there's something not quite right that I I need to address and fix. I've been going to the um, Vivo Barefoot um, shop in in London and having coaching sessions there with a a running coach. Um, The guy is absolutely amazing. 
um, he has run, <laughs> I was telling you today, he, he runs every day pretty much. And uh, he was telling me about an injury he had. Uh, and I said, how did you cope not being able to run? Because I don't run every day and I've got really good now. I've managed to break my sort of exercise addiction. So even being injured, I'm pretty good at going, do you know what? I'm walking and yoga and, and resting and I'm going to fix myself. But I said to him, how do you cope? Because if you run every day, surely an injury is just like soul destroying for you. Um, and he looked at me and he looked really ser- his face went really serious. And he said, I've only had a rest one day this year. I don't think this is healthy, by the way, but I'd never tell him. He's quite an intense character that loves running. But he remembers, like the, I said to you, like the date, the time it happened, everything. And he's like, and I had to get fixed within a day because I have to run most days. But give him his, his, his due, his credit. He knows everything there is to know about running and running injuries. And um, basically, yeah, I've been seeing him and I, and I highly recommend it for anybody that runs out there that gets recurrent injuries because it's been amazing. We've had a couple of sessions now and first he thought, is it like hips or something? Common thing with runners is tight hips. But I do a lot of yoga. I'm quite flexible. And I kept saying to him, mm, I'm not convinced it is. I do loads of squats, kettlebell stuff. You know, I, I make sure I do my stretches. Um, but the last session that I went to with him, um, he basically, I said, I'm still getting pain every time I try and run. So he basically adjusted my posture and how I stand. And he said to me, where do you feel this? And my answer was my big toe. Because for the first time in a long time, I was basically pressing my big toe on the floor, which I obviously don't do on a regular basis. And as as you know from doing functional movement and biomechanics, your big toe is quite important for balance and general movement and feedback and turning off the tap when you're in the bath. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. <laughs> Can't be bothered to lean forward. Just use that big toe. Yeah, <laughs> amongst other things. So um, yeah, and I, and what I'd start to notice is I don't want to put readers off their food. So if you're eating, just stop for a second. But I have really bad bunions. And one of them is getting worse. And obviously, it's adjusting the position of my big toe, which is then adjusting the position of my hip, which is causing the pain. Um, so I've got a couple of options that I can explore. Um, one is actually surgery that I might want to do. But what he has said to me is I need to fix my feet first and the way that I walk and stand yeah. before I go for any surgery. Um, and then secondly, change my footwear and stop choosing footwear that squashes my toes together. And the thing is, as a woman, it's, it's really hard because you don't <laughs> want to be walking around in like, Jesus sandals or you know like really just some of the awful footwear that's about for for people who want to spread their toes but he said to me if if you don't start to spread your toes and get you know your proper sort of foot position back you're going to continue to have the the hip problems and you're going to continue to have the pain so um I did go and buy some Vivo barefoot running shoes um but he has said not to run yet in them and somebody has asked us on the page whether we recommend barefoot running mm. so there is relevance to this and what i was about to say uh, what the point of this story is he's actually said to me build your foot up and he's given me lots of exercises to do i've got to do standing on one leg hopping on one leg um and <clears throat> various other stuff that is very sort of you know he's prescribed to me personally but you can find a lot of this stuff online um and to walk in the vivo barefoot shoes and then to possibly run but i'm only allowed to run this is the hard thing for any runner out there i'm allowed to run for about a minute maximum five minutes at a time and at half the speed i would normally run so i can improve my technique of running my posture and focus on cadence cadence isn't it the speed you hit the ground wouldn't know Oh, because he says my cadence <laughs> is too too wide and it's putting pressure on my hips and I need to... He basically stands next to me, make, puts me on a treadmill and goes left, right, and I have to tap the floor. Be the Has he got an audio book? <laughs> Can you imagine? You just listen to left, right, left, right. <laughs> right. You probably, I probably need that. But yeah, so for those of you that are looking at whether you want to do barefoot running... 
again, I, I, I've always been really cautious of it because I've got bunions and I always knew I didn't really have a sort of optimal foot strike and um, running technique. And it's basically bitten me in the ass. And if I want to continue running and enjoy running in later years, I've really got to sort my biomechanics out. But it's, it's, it's really cool because in the first session, I actually don't think he spotted the problem. He did loads of cool stuff with me, gave me loads of amazing exercises to build me up to be a better runner and a better running style. But he was convinced it's hips and I was convinced it was not. Um, I, just, I just always know from how I train, I've never had height hips or anything. Like, never a problem with squats or well, it's anything like, like that. I was speaking about in my presentation on Saturday that where you feel the pain yeah. is rarely where, where, the, problem where is. the problem was yeah. or is Absolutely. as to why you're experiencing pain there in the first place. Yeah. You know, and, and often, you know, people are so surprised that when you actually break it all down and think, well, actually, here's where it all started. Yeah. And over the years of, though, in your case, you're, you know, kind of raising your hip on one side to squat or lunge or deadlift or swing a kettlebell or run even. Yeah. And obviously, naturally, the faster you run, your stride opens up. So, and that's where a lot of problems tend to occur, you know. So, it's probably just like you say, years and years of build up. Because, I mean, bloody hell, you used to do a lot of running. <clears throat> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm really paying for now. Um, just, just, I always knew left and right, everyone probably out there. One of the, the most important things that I learned when I became a personal trainer, went into kettlebells, functional movement was if you see a difference in strength or um, movement between left and right, address it. And the thing is, everyone has it, doesn't it? Me and you said this, we're like, yeah, but everyone has a difference, don't they, really? Well, the thing is, like, no one is perfectly symmetrical no. and balanced, and that's fine. But I just think, you know, I mean, you're different in the, you know, because of, like, having bunions. Yeah. You know, and we always say, you know, generally working with your body from the ground up, you know, and you're looking at your feet, you know, like, of course, having a bunion is going to cause some kind of imbalance imbalance, especially when, you know, like most people or a lot of people might have a bunion on, say, just one foot, not both feet. I mean, maybe if they had perfectly symmetrical <laughs> bunions, there'd be no problem because they're balanced. But if you've got a bunion on one foot and not the other, then of course you're all, you're in effect having two completely different strides in the way your foot strikes the floor. Yeah. What was interesting is he did say to me, I was I said, would you come on the podcast and talk about running injuries or injuries that you commonly see? And whether people should revert to a barefoot shoe. Um, and he was like, he, I believe, is one of the most qualified coaches from the born to run sort of barefoot school of thinking in the UK. And he just went, oh, no way. I don't, I don't like public speaking. I don't like um, attention being drawn to me. I don't like presentations. I, I can't stand social media. I just want to help people. And I thought that's so awesome. Like really nice. He's so passionate about it. And he, like I said, he's very intense. Um, but I did ask him, I said, what do you think of the, what are the most common injuries that you see? And he said, generally, it's sort of just over pronation, under pronation. So really flat footed people or people who've got really almost excessive arches and they're, yeah. they're rolling out. And, and he said, and, and the injuries are your first warning. But he said, people will just rest and wait till the, the pain goes away and, and then, then continue to run. And he said, it's just, it's a ticking time bomb. And, and as a runner, you've got to look at, like he said, he has to hop on one leg. He's got a very weak ankle. So he does hopping on one leg um, three or four times a day. He's quite religious with his rehab. But it was interesting because you pointed out in your academy talk how boring the rehab is um and the rehab i have got oh. is literally he wants me to stand on one leg 
And well, then, well, to be fair, I, I I've seen your rehab, and that's actually it's actually not that bad. I mean, some of no, the it's not. some mind. of the blinking stuff I've been given in the past when I when I was trying to get to you know trying to correct my anterior pelvic tilt. My good lord, and I, I use it as an example on the, yeah. in the presentation. You know, it like it was taking me about an hour and fifteen minutes to do my rehab exercises, <laughs> yeah. and and the guy was like, you know, feel free to do once you finished your rehab to uh, do your regular training sessions after that. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna laugh, and yeah, <laughs> hour and fifteen in, I don't even. <laughs> I've not even done my first set of my own training. You've got no chance. Well, the rehab that he said was was best for, for, for runners, which is just useful for those people out there that want to run. And then Matt's talking about he gave me was to, to jump on the spot, almost like you're skipping, but you have no skipping rope, and to land flat-footed. And so when he made me do it at first, I landed on my toes because I do love skipping. Uh, and he was like, no, 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 you're, you're a typical gym skipper. Don't <laughs> skip on your toes, skip on a flat foot. So if you jump up and down on a flat foot, you condition the ankles and calves for running. For those of you that do any sort of running, sprinting, that was the, the skipping is basically one of the best exercises you could do as a warm up um, or as a sort of, you know, in between your running sessions to basically condition calves and ankles for the impact that running has. Yeah. Um, and the rest is, is, like you said, balance work, standing on one leg, trying to keep the hip stable. So <clears throat> I'm going to do I mean, that. You should just do what I do and just not run. fantastic (laughs) I was born to run Matt born to run anyway so that was just useful because we'd had some questions about the barefoot running and that's and a lot of people run let's face it I mean I'm I'm probably the minority like running yeah yeah and some people actually asked me in in our membership site and said it's always about hit and it's always about weight training these days and this is sort of leading into one of the first questions which you can read out in a second yeah Um, can I just go to the gym (laughs) thank you (laughs) can I just go to the gym every now and then and just do some cardio which I love Um, and I said absolutely um the question that we're going to talk about in the moment is the role in for things like um high intensity interval training versus cardio for fat loss um but there's definitely been a movement towards the interval stuff and away from cardio in the fitness industry recently and cardio got a really bad rap where everyone said oh it's linked to you know high levels of stress hormones could actually cause you to put on weight around the middle um causes adrenal dysfunction so hormone problems and in excess it can absolutely cause all of those things and be an issue but actually one thing that i've i've highlighted before is in my dna um fit test that i did i'm i'm basically 75% sort of genetically designed to do endurance yeah endurance in a in a very vague way of putting it um and so therefore um i find endurance really easy really natural i get loads of endorphins from it and i really enjoy it whereas for you <laughs> you're more like 50-50 endurance and power training and you don't get the same buzz out of it you don't enjoy it um and <laughs> no nope. and therefore you know possibly won't get the same consistency the same results from it so i think as well with running i'm because i'm naturally a very competitive person you i always fast, i always want to run fast yeah so for me like if i'm going to be like oh yeah i'm just going to go for a nice long run like it almost doesn't happen because i just run too fast don't pace and, then, yourself, yeah. and then i'm gassing <laughs> and then i get annoyed that i'm gassing after 20 minutes and i'm Ooh. like well if i actually if i just slowed down a little bit and been a little bit smarter with my pace considering it was meant to be a longer run that i probably would have been all right but i just get really competitive even when i'm running i see someone else running i'm like right i'm going to catch them up you do you do i'm going to pass them like there's so many times well no there's not so many times there's a couple of times we've set out on a run together and you always try and go too fast too soon and then within 10 minutes you go i think we need to head back 
<laughs> and I'm just getting started. <laughs> you just warming the, up. Yeah, basically. That's I'm, I'm the, done. That's how the endurance body works. <laughs> it doesn't get going ever. <laughs> Plugs along. Yeah. So the question that came in, you can read that out now. Cool. Yeah. So let's let's get into these questions, yeah. shall we? Go on. Go for it. This is a question from Rob, uh, and it's a great question actually. And he's put um, heart rate training. More traditional advice was always to keep your heart rate in the fat burning zone or aerobic zone when aiming for fat loss but there's been a rise in prevalence uh, of HIIT training high intensity interval training and it suggests working at a very high level of intensity for short periods of time and that that's been stated to be better for for fat loss so am I better off training in the fat loss zone or uh, blitzing out some um, some HIIT work so I mean obviously the old school kind of school of thought was you know to kind of work at low intensity for longer durations you know between 45 60 minutes or less as they they might call it for sure low intensity steady state um and then there was a a bit of a rise in hit um originally it was kind of like tabata training that was quite popular where uh it was tabata training is, is a form of hit training that's very very short it's four minutes long you do maximal effort exercise for 20 seconds. You then rest for 10 seconds only. You go again for 20 seconds and keep repeating that for eight sets, which is, of course, your four minutes. Um, but now, since then, there's different forms of interval training in terms of durations and whatnot, uh, which are, to be fair, my preferred methods. I find that Tabata that isn't that effective for fat loss, whilst you could probably burn a good chunk of calories in, a, in as little time as four minutes, uh, for for me, it's not what HIT is all about, and this is probably a common mistake people make with HIT, which I'll, I'll come on to in a minute. But um, essentially, HIT, as Rob said in his question, goes from short bursts of high intensity exercise, let's say something like anywhere between twenty and thirty seconds, for argument's sake, followed by a rest period, um, you know, equal to or double to the to the work ratio that you've done, um, and then you'll repeat that for fifteen twenty minutes for argument's sake, as a guideline. Personally, my preferred kind of work to rest, um, I, I'm a huge fan of a simple 30 seconds on minute rest and then go for anywhere between 10, 15 sets, depending on ability level, etc. cetera. Um, but if you do fancy pushing the boat out and working at an even higher intensity, you might want to drop the work set to about 20 seconds and then rest for double that 40 seconds, even up to a minute, maybe even 90 seconds, because for me, the whole idea of hit, and let's focus on the word high intensity, is that when you are in that work zone, you are working at an incredibly high rate, a rate that you couldn't maintain for a long period of time. You know, it's almost like Usain Bolt, you know, when he runs 100 metres at maximal effort, which he does in under 10 seconds most times, um, you know, he could never maintain that level of pace for a 400 metres. Of course, otherwise he would be an absolute animal even more so uh, more of an animal than he already is um so for me the 20 second works quite well because 20 seconds you can kind of get your head round you know and if you do push the boat out and really go for it for 20 seconds yes it's hard work but it's doable because it's only 20 seconds and then of course you rest for double that 40 or 60 seconds depending on ability level the question of is low intensity steady state better for fat loss over hit or vice versa is, well, to be honest with you, if you looked at the actual session in question, chances are, well, you will burn 
more calories in, say, the 45 minutes of low intensity steady state in that session than you would in the 15, 20 minutes that you would, uh, you know, of the calories you would burn during your hit session. However, where this kind of flips a little bit is that HIT is actually more so known for the whole afterburn effect, should we say. Boosts metabolism because of the, the high-intensity nature of the work so that even though you haven't burned as many calories during the session compared to, to low-intensity steady state, you would actually burn more calories uh, through the duration of the day because st- some studies have shown that actually your metabolism is boosted for up to 24 hours after a hit workout so that's where the kind of pros come into it um, there's also some uh some have suggested that uh hit is more muscle preserving so due to the shorter duration of it it's a bit more muscle sparing so whereas low intensity steady state you know uh, can be known to start eating into lean muscle tissue etc which you don't really want um of course uh, regardless of what your goal is, whether it's fat loss, muscle gain, whatever, you know, the more lean mass you've got, the better, because you're just going to have a faster metabolism naturally. But also for me, the biggest pro of HIIT is is time. Um, you know, you can get a really solid HIIT workout in as little as 10 minutes. You know, one of my favorite forms of HIIT is 10 minutes, 30, uh, 20 or 30 seconds on, and then 30 or 40 seconds rest, go for 10 sets, you know, and really, really go for it in that work period. You can burn a good chunk of calories, and really ramp up metabolism and you know you're not still plodding along on a machine or whatever for 45 to 60 minutes so that's probably the biggest pro for me is more that is more a time perspective and the thing is though that um, all the endurance junkies out there like me feel like we're being shortchanged a bit yeah but the, the, <laughs> yeah but the thing is is that you know then that kind of that that's that's a different approach to training generally yeah, yeah. because you're training you for it. endurance enjoyment and enjoyment and exactly <laughs> and we've always said the best form of exercise for fat enjoy. loss is is one you can stick to and if you enjoy it chances are you'll stick to it i was gonna say i, I, I completely every every scientific study going supports hit over over the sort of endurance for fat loss for um like you said muscle preservation for bone health even i've seen more studies support hit over cardiovascular training i personally still think a sort of combination of both is best. Mm-hmm. Um, but your cardio can be walking. Do you know what I mean? It can be walking the dog. Yeah, or some leisurely walks um, with partners, friends, whatever, across the week or cycle to work a couple of days a week. I kind of just think you should always still have that in you. But that's just, I don't know, maybe that's just because like, I'm cardio fan. No, no, and... I, I mean, I, I, do, I do agree with you 100%. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, the, the main thing is what you enjoy. You know, and, yeah. and if you are quite time poor, if your workouts do need to be short and sweet, then chances are 60 minutes on a cross trainer at a lower intensity isn't going to fly. No, no. And yeah. ideally, if you're going to do your cardio, it's it's outdoors, it's, it's in yeah. fresh air and it's doing something that you really enjoy, some sort of movement you enjoy doing. Exactly. And just to add another layer, you've now got the idea of doing HIT followed by lists <laughs> So well, yeah. you can now do another a fat loss protocol is to do your high intensity interval training followed by about 40 minutes of cardio with a view that for stubborn fat loss the the elevation of cortisol during the interval training will then um during the cardiovascular training free up fatty acids burn more fat and this is what a lot of bodybuilders are doing we see loads of people in the gym doing this don't we i I do anyway i see them doing like burpees and kettlebell swings and then on a bike for 40 minutes and i do think there's like you know there's there's a few studies that support that so again if you've got like a stubborn 
fat loss that you're working on, you might want to try that as a protocol. Um, so getting the best of both. No, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, the, the other thing I was just going to add is that I always say to people that I don't use low intensity steady state cardio as a fat loss tool. I use it as a recovery tool. Um, but that's, you know, that's me, how I personally work because A, I don't tend to like <laughs> low intensity steady state cardio anyway. Um, however, when I do do it, I do it purely as a, as a recovery session. So if I'm really sore um, and I feel like I need to get a bit of a sweat on and get the blood flowing, you know, I'll whack some tunes on, I'll uh, listen to some podcasts maybe, and I might just plod along on the cross trainer for 45, 60 minutes. So it's, it's, it's low impact, gets the blood plump, pumping around the body. Um, you know, it's going to get um, nutrients into my muscles, aid recovery. And lo and behold, I normally leave the gym feeling a hell of a lot less sore than I did when I walked in. But it's almost a bit more doable for me because I'm not looking at it as like, oh, I'm going to burn more fat, I'm going to burn more fat. Yeah, yeah. yeah I see it as, a, as, as part of my recovery protocol. And that works for me. But that's how I try and get most people to look at it because uh, it just makes it a little bit more rewarding in that sense. But when it comes to fat loss, essentially, you know, there, there is no real answer to what is better for fat loss because essentially it's finding something that you can do consistently, progressively, and that, you know, as Keris mentioned, you enjoy so that you can do exactly that. Well, just in terms of personalising your approach to exercise, I suppose... The way I'd summarise it is if you are new to exercise, um, what we often say to people is just first of all, get moving. So get walking, master some body weight exercises. And if you are doing some hit, keep it low impact, as Matt said. So cycle, um, rowing machine, cross trainer. So you're not sort of going straight into sprints, perhaps if you've got a lot of body fat to lose. I know this isn't necessarily going to be appropriate to Rob, but just for the rest of you listening um and then from there um so i would favor hit with a view to the fact that it's quick short sweet and choose something low impact um and then you might want to progress to doing a combination of the two um alongside some weight training but again as matt said it's what you enjoy what you feel like doing when we rock up to the gym together my first thing i always want to do is cardio it's just what i know i i, I quite enjoy doing i'm really good at it i could do it for ages and yours is always more power sprint based stuff isn't it so sort of listen to your gut feeling on those things and, and that probably is going to tell you what you're maybe a bit more designed to do exactly <laughs> next question i think we answered that pretty well I'm sure rob will let us know <laughs> cool so we had another um really really good question um and we figured i reckon a lot of people would be uh having a similar issue should we say and this is from claire who has said Hey guys, found out about you guys from British Military Fitness in Clapham and I love your site. Thank you. Um, I have your book and have bought it for my brother and sister who also love it. Awesome. Uh, make sure you buy the second book too. Think your blog articles are really great and I was writing to request you do one on a topic that I'm struggling with at the moment. I am averagely fit. I can run 5k, 10k at a push and but wouldn't and couldn't do a half marathon. Over the years, I've done spin, body pump, yoga, British military fitness, all sorts. This year, I turned 41, and so forth. I would try to hit it a bit harder, but the problem is I'm getting bigger. Uh, I did a lot of yoga last year and was a size 10 on the bottom, 12 on top. Over the past two months, I've got a personal trainer, and we do one class a week and then do circuits, TRX, boxing for another three or four times. I cut back on booze and sugar. I eat healthily anyway, although drink a bit too much. But horrifyingly, since I started all this, I have definitely got bigger. 
I've put on two kilos in weight um, and have gone up a dress size and have worse belly fat than I have had in a while. Could I be eating too much? Am I eating too little? I have nuts, veg, salad, steak, chicken, not many carbs, but a fair bit of fat. Could it be the wrong type of exercise? Am I focusing? I'm focusing on weights, not cardio. Don't run much in the winter. Is it that the exercise is too rigorous and sending my cortisol out of whack? (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate you can't give a specific view, but could you do an article on exercising hard but getting bigger or something along those lines? So um, long question there, guys, but I wanted to kind of paint a big, big picture there of kind of what's going on. Um, I think it's a great question because I received loads of questions like this and I think... Um, Claire pretty much epitomizes so many women <laughs> that were that are actually in our groups and um, write emails to us quite a lot. I don't know if you felt the same. When I read it, I was like, I've heard, I've heard this oh, question yeah. loads. Um, so I thought it'd be a great one to flesh out on a podcast because really, on an, when um, Claire talks about doing it on a blog, I thought, well, it's just easier to probably discuss with you. You probably have different approaches maybe than I would because um, as a personal trainer, we see this a lot. As a nutritional therapist, you see this a lot. And what I liked is she did pick out some points that she's already exploring. So um, is it that possibly she's going for quite a low-carb paleo approach by the sound of it? And is it that maybe that's not working for her? Or is it that maybe up in the intense exercise and huge amounts of stress hormones isn't working for her? Mm-hmm. Um, so she's already heading in the right direction. As, and that's exactly what I would start to question, um, given her results. But the first point I've absolutely got to make is to any woman who's going to start training... When I started weight training, I gained five kilos um, and I had more compliments than ever about my physique. But it was really hard getting on the scales. Nice guns, love. <laughs> love your Where'd traps. Where'd you get them traps? <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> it was. Um, but like, I, I just buzzed off how strong I was getting. And this was when I first started having personal training um, and lifting weights. And and But what I would say is initially, a lot of the comments uh, were very complimentary Oh, look, you've got definition in your arms. Um, Look at your legs. I started wearing shorts for the first time over to the gym. Um, And I think because you sort of get like those those comments go to your head a little bit. And I thought, well, clearly more of this will will bring better results. So I did start doing more. um, But I didn't really look at my nutrition and adjust that along along the way. And I didn't look at recovery and I didn't look at sleep. And um, and to be honest, the more I exercised, if anything, the more complacent I got by the weekend. Um, You used to see me, didn't you? I just like go out on a Friday night and sort of um basically get a massive pick and mix from tesco's on the way out get trolleyed get trolleyed with my friends yeah it was terrible and because i trained so hard i kind of thought well like i, I, I get... come into work on a monday she'll be asleep on the step outside <laughs> can't be known <laughs> so um yeah so that that's just like one angle to explore but if you're going to increase the exercise you've just got to increase everything else that goes with it and this is what um, women especially really don't do if anything it becomes that they eat less or perhaps get as I've just said um, maybe less in the week but more at the weekends because you just feel a bit exhausted and think well sod it I've worked really hard I'm going to have a bit of what I like um, and a bit too much of what I like maybe the first thing I probably highlight to to her to Claire is to um, ignore the scale side of things if you're going to weight train stop weighing yourself it just has such a negative impact on so many uh, people that we've worked with Um, I would probably use things like photos, the fit of your clothes and do tape measurements or hip to waist ratio in terms of looking at what is happening with your body composition. 
Um, so to really try and gain an insight as to whether are you gaining weight or are you actually just putting on muscle. Um, the second side of it that you mentioned is absolutely right. You're doing a lot of, um, it sounds like high intensity stuff. So boxing, for example, is more like interval based training, isn't it? Boxing is tough. It is really tough. Um, so you are doing, and perhaps what Matt just said about the HIT training was really, we're quite good at doing it in short, sharp bursts. But, you know, if you're doing an hour of boxing, um, and again, that's, I've seen that quite frequently with people that are having personal training sessions, it's like an hour of HIT training. Um, it's going to put massive pressure on your adrenals which are the, the glands that produce your stress hormones. And that's going to then affect your sex hormones. So that's your estrogen, progesterone. Uh, possibly it's going to have an impact on testosterone sorry, as well. It's going to impact on your thyroid hormone as well, which again is responsible for weight loss and, and, and how many calories we're burning and how much body fat we have. Um, so that's something to explore. We often see people that exercise more find that appetite goes out of control, don't they? So mm -hmm. again, so much stress hormones and so much exercise, they struggle to understand what their natural um, appetite really is. And, and again, there's a bit of complacency. So you eat your food way too fast and you eat way too much of it. Um, so that could be something else just to, to have a look at. The other side of it would be, um, so in terms of looking at stress, um, when women do a lot of high intensity stuff, we will convert progesterone, which is a feel good hormone that balances estrogen. So quite important from a, a fertility and a body composition point of view and managing symptoms of, of too much estrogen, which makes us feel a bit hormonal. Um, that will all be converted into cortisol. So uh, often when women overtrain, they, they might feel that they gain weight, especially in the lower uh, regions so in the legs and hips and bum the estrogen areas because they're actually converting progesterone into cortisol so that could affect them in that sense um so what what i was going to say was that the real um the simplest way forward so i went down a really similar route where i did loads of exercise got great results uh, and then did too much exercise got disastrous results is um kind of just had enough of it all didn't i <laughs> and said yeah. to you i'm just not and i got loads of injuries because i was overtraining and not really recovering and I said, do you know what? I need to step away and do nothing for a while. I need to walk away from all of it. One person who really influenced me here, who you would never guess, who do you think influenced me in this decision? I don't know. <laughs> it was actually um, my great-grandma. Because I thought <laughs> really? she wasn't doing, like, like sometimes I'd do a half marathon before going to work, but she wasn't doing half marathons, rowing intervals, body pump, uh, kettlebell sessions. I was doing all of it. I thought, do you know what? <laughs> My great grandma just used to just be really active. She usually walked everywhere, did all her own household stuff, like chores and everything. And basically, when I was doing all of this stuff, I was so tired outside of the gym. I did very little. I was always looking for a chair. I actually fell <laughs> asleep in the dentist chair once. I said to you, I'm mid filling, I fell asleep. I was so tired all the time. And I just kind of thought, do you know what? The generations before us did not do this amount of exercise. And they look pretty, pretty healthy, pretty trim. And, you know, they, they sort of understood, in my mind, they understood their bodies a little bit better. And I think they got away with more in some ways. You know, they're always eating cake. Well, my grandma's anyway. So <clears throat> I kind of decided to strip it back and just go to walk in for a while. Um, and with Claire, I kind of feel like if you're really overwhelmed and suspecting that you might have imbalances and other stuff going on, why not just take a break for a while? Uh, what I would then suggest you do is look at everything like sleep and stress management first. And well, that's nutrition. what I was going to say. In that question, there was no mention sleep, sleep and yeah. other lifestyle factors. Yeah. It was very plain and simple of an exercise, yeah. which, of course, is important. Yeah. But I think things like sleep and stress get massively, massively underestimated. The effect that they can have on 
your you know your your body's general function anyway yeah and of course you know how uh, you well, know how well you're primed to, to to lose body fat appetite and um satiety hormones are affected by both sleep and stress so stress hormones or too many stress hormones one they'll upregulate enzymes which store a bit more fat around the middle and they'll also derail hormones which tell you whether you're full and they'll also be feeding back you need way more energy so you might um again it might not be in the week you might be able to sort of keep control of it in the week but the weekend might go off the rails a little bit with maybe alcohol or or some um, you know, sort of slightly broader nutrition, <laughs> nutritional <laughs> principles that everyone implements at the weekend. So, um, and then also, like you've said, sleep is going to decrease your insulin health, uh, your insulin sensitivity. So affect your blood sugar levels if you're not sleeping enough. And, but also, you know, you get this sense of what I really liked about Claire's email is, is it pretty much echoed everything I tried and most women have tried where you do go on this loop of trying absolutely everything, trying to find out what works for you. And there's also an element of making friends a bit with your body. I think I just need to nourish you a little bit and stop trying to uh, sort of beat you up and and uh, have slimmer legs or slimmer arms or whatever it may be that every single woman does. Um, we talk about this more on Fit Girls Talk because we bore the men just going on and on about <laughs> our bodies all the time. So there's loads of episodes on there if you want to listen to another podcast on those sorts of women's issues. But For me personally, what I found was actually just stripping it back, focusing on my nutrition, which I couldn't do when I was overtraining because I was always, um, you know, overcomplicating things and eating too much or whatever. Um, Dropping out the alcohol, which um, you mentioned cutting back on booze, but then saying you think you drink too much. Alcohol's just really got to go when you have a a fat loss goal that you're serious about, wouldn't you say? Especially initially. Just initially, yeah, Yeah. completely agree. We're we're not complete bores. No, 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 like, but then bring it back in moderation when you're happy. Um, But when you're in that phase of like, oh gosh, what's what's causing these these weight gain issues? I'd remove alcohol because of the effect it just has on blood sugar and and also people tend to overeat when they drink. So um, take it out for that reason. But also if you're being really kind to yourself, getting loads of sleep, managing stress, just going for a lovely walk in the park um, and doing maybe one PT session or two, then you might find that you can eat better because you're not having to go, I need a coffee to get through the day. I need a latte, mm-hmm. glass of wine. I need some cake. Do you know what I mean? So, well, I mean, that, 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 that kind of ties in with the point I was going to make in that, I mean, you mentioned you follow a, a you don't eat that many carbs, oh, but, yeah, you, but you, eat, you, you eat plenty of fat. Which is fine because that works great for some people. However, you know, you've made it quite clear that you're putting on weight and you've gone up in dress sizes and you're clearly not happy about it. So, you know, my question would be, how long have you been eating that way? Because if you're kind of sticking to that diet because you've read in media or online that that's the way to go um, and you've stuck to it for some time because of that chances are it's just not working for you not yeah. at this stage anyway sounds to me like you train quite hard so your body is probably screaming out for some carbohydrates to help it recover effectively um, and let's just face it we are all unique little flowers and what works for one does not work for the other Snow, so snowflake oh yeah you say snowflakes I say flowers. <laughs> how often does it snow here <laughs> not a lot unfortunately but you know um just reassess things a little bit maybe try and have more carbs around your training times um you know start by having carbs with your evening meal and reducing fats a little bit and seeing how you feel and of course you know you say you train a lot but how often have you actually looked at your training and thought well 
I'm actually I'm getting stronger here. I'm getting fitter. Yeah, that's I'm true. recovering faster. Is it a program you know? or is it just ticking off sessions? Exactly. I yeah. mean, I mean, I'm, I mean, I don't know anything about your personal trainer. He's probably a top bloke um, or woman even. Um, but you know, there's a lot of PTs out there, especially ones that are quite new to the game, who I've seen when I've been in the gym myself. Who their sole mission is to just absolutely obliterate their clients. <laughs> yeah. There's no structure. They just want them on the floor, dying and as sore as possible in the next day. And then <laughs> other gym members go, I'm going to have a bit of that. I want a piece of that. Sign <laughs> yeah. me up. Yeah. It's 500 quid for 10 sessions. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, your training needs to be progressive. And the, the longer you've been training, the sad truth is your progressions aren't quite as uh, big as they once were when you were a beginner when you know you know in the early days you just get stronger you get fitter you get faster really quickly unfortunately it slows down um the longer you've been training however uh, there should, still should be some form of progression are you getting stronger are you recovering faster um are you able to do a, an extra set an extra rep here and there and also are you excited to go to the gym do you feel energized and quite motivated to go to the gym? If it's a bit of a chore and you find that you've really got to build yourself up to it, like Kerry said, you need one or two coffees to get you going and you've almost got to convince yourself to go, then chances are, again, something's not quite right um, that needs to be addressed. And that may well be bumping up carbs, as we mentioned. It may well be having an extra rest day. It may be looking at your sleep and actually, are you quite a stressed individual at the moment and you just need to chill out a little bit? You know, there are plenty of variables, but you need to kind of just look at everything individually, in my opinion, strip it back to the basics a little bit and focus on your goal, which judging by your question, Claire, is fat loss at the moment because you're not happy that you've put on weight and you've put on a dress size. Move away from the whole weight thing. Like Kerry said, look at what you see in the mirror, take uh, measurements of your waist, stomach, thighs, etc., with a tape measure and go by how your clothes feel. But you know, definitely place some value on on your performance, etc. And, and and you know how your body's responding uh to the training stimulus that you're doing. That would be my input. Uh, yeah, one last one last uh last point just to make is um as Matt said, the high fat diet thing, some uh gene types do really terrible on high fat diets. Um, and again, so I, I would explore what Matt said about adding the carbs back in. And they're really important for thyroid hormone health, conversion of um, inactive into active thyroid hormones so for weight loss. So maybe just go back to more like a, a sort of 30-30-30 split. Make sure your plate's got a handful of carbs, a palm-sized piece of protein and loads of veg and What's a the spoonful other 10% of fat. Then? Oh, you know what I mean. 33-33-33. 33.3333 recurring. <laughs> just, uh, I'm just asking what I know other people will be asking. <laughs> you know it. Yeah. And uh, and again, around the workout window, support that as well. Um, yeah. So oh, you know in your head where the best place is to start. You might be going, oh, yeah, I totally agree. I overtrain, or I'm too stressed, or I'm not sleeping, or, you know, whatever. You, you I think there'll know. definitely be a few aha moments, moments in there yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it just is a subtle reminder that is needed. I mean, I actually put a post out on Facebook just today um, where I was saying how um, I just don't particularly look a picture of health at the moment. Um, and it's because I am more stressed than normal with the workload of the book, et cetera, and the deadline we were working to. I'm not sleeping as, as well as I was because of that. It has a knock on effect. My release to try and make me feel better is training because let's face it, you know, training makes people feel good. However, I'm probably training way too hard at the moment for what I should be con considering the given circumstances. 
you know, so it's just about listening to your body a little bit. And it actually took, I went to take a selfie, um, which we do in our Fitter365 Facebook group. We do a Friday selfie and just put it up there with a nice, positive, um, completely non-fat loss, weighing scale related post, just generally about, you know, being grateful for something. And I went to take a selfie and I thought, you know what, I look like absolute shite. <laughs> there is no way this selfie is <laughs> going up. And then it just made me really think, like, God, like my sleep's out of whack. I'm stressed. I'm training way too hard and really pushing myself more than I should be. And, and it, that was the reminder I needed, you know. So, yeah, awesome. Right, guys, cracking episode two. Fantastic questions there. As always, guys, keep them coming in. We will answer them. We might not answer them straight away. We might save them for another episode, but keep them coming in because that's what it's all about. Um, if you like this episode, guys, share it with people that you feel would benefit. Please subscribe. And if you can, just take a moment to leave a rating. And if you can, a review, which would be even better. Um, we'd be forever grateful, um, even if it's a bad one, because, of course, feedback is everything. So, uh, yeah, but hopefully it won't be a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay guys have an awesome day evening weekend whenever it is when you're listening to this and we will see you over in episode 61 later bye